This episode of Evolve Your Life podcast is brought to you by Premium Jane CBD. Premium Jane is my favorite CBD that I have ever taken. I've taken so many different brands. I've tried so many different things, but I have been obsessed with the gummies recently because they make me feel like a kid again. I get to take them like they're my Flintstone gummies in the morning. They're delicious, but they get me my daily dose of CBD and it's super easy, convenient, and I honestly get super excited to take it in the morning so I don't even forget. I'm like, I'm literally so excited to eat my gummies in the morning. Um, Premium Jane does have a discount code through me. If you want to get 20% off your CBD products, you can use code Gabby at checkout. That's G-A-B-B-Y for 20% off all of your CBD. They have gummies, they've got pills, they've got the dropper, they've got the topical, they've got so much stuff. And they also have a huge list of blogs for you to go on and read if you are curious about CBD, how it works, what it is. Um, And then they also have blogs about like things you wouldn't even think about and that just really help you get educated on CBD and what it is, how it works, all that good stuff. So I will be providing the link in the show notes so you guys can easily click on that and head to their website. And again, just use code Gabby at checkout for 20% off all of your CBD. Hey guys, before we hop into today's episode, I just want to let you know that this was actually recorded for my group coaching clients on one of our Zoom calls. So Erica was one of our guest speakers, and to protect my clients and their like names and their personal journeys and their stories, um, I actually cut out all of the parts that they talk after Erica did her first little kind of answering my questions. So this is a shorter episode, but I think there's some really, really good content in here, and there's some really good points she made and we talked about some really good things. So I still wanted to share it with all of you. Um, So yeah, I just wanted to kind of give you that heads up as to why there's like an abrupt start and then like an an abrupt finish to it because I just kind of stopped recording because I just didn't want um, the integrity or the names or the you know, like I, I, it's personal. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of what this episode is about. Um, I talked to Erica. She is a registered dietitian that specializes in helping women with eating disorders or that have had eating disorders or just want to create a healthier relationship with food in a really free and intuitive way. So she does offer virtual sessions. So if you are interested in working with a dietitian um, and you're not based in Columbus, Ohio, I cannot recommend her enough. Her Instagram is Aligned Nutrition. I'm going to be linking it in the show notes. So you guys can give her a follow. She posts such amazing stuff. Like I cannot recommend her enough. Um, You have to add her into your feed. Like just so much good stuff. So um, without further ado, enjoy today's episode. Introduce yourself to everybody and just tell them a little bit about who you are, what you do. And then um, we can kind of go into all things food. Sure, absolutely. So thanks for having me. Um, I'm Erica. I'm a dietitian and I have a practice that's based in Columbus, Ohio. And also I see people virtually one-on-one at the time. And um, I specialize in working with women. Mostly I see some guys, but much less common um, on food issues. So food, body stuff. Um, and I work with kind of all, um, parts of the spectrum, whether that's someone that's been dieting, um, for a little while or somebody that's developed an eating disorder or, you know, somewhere in between. Um, yeah. Amazing. Awesome. I know. Yeah. She, guys, she's incredible. First off, I already shared your Instagram with them. So I I think most of them probably followed you, but for anyone that does struggle with food, which I know is most of us here at some point or another, 
she posts the most like just so much information education it's incredible so make sure to give her a follow on instagram but um i do you want me to i can ask questions or do you have a list of i sent you like that list of questions if you just want to go off of that um we can do it either way how about why don't you ask me a few questions and i have some of them so i can kind of cross over and i saw some of the themes but that way you can kind of since you've been working with these girls today Mm -hmm. kind of think about what you know about them and and how i can kind of tailor it to anything that's come up with your group perfect so the biggest one i I have seen with working with all these girls and just women in general is food guilt. Cause I don't work with women with eating disorders, but a lot of these girls have had eating disorders or just disordered relationship with food in the past. And I think the biggest struggle that, and I can say we, cause I'm a part of this as well, that we have like after kind of getting over the hump of like the disorder is still having that guilt, whether that's, on the weekend when you kind of let loose or when you overeat or just having guilt around food and shame. Um, so kind of just some ways to release that guilt, release that shame and kind of figure out where that's coming from. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, a lot of my clients have dealt with that too. Um, because it's, it's tricky. There's a couple reasons that we feel guilty with food. So, um, and there's, you know, so if you're a, two of them are that you're feeling bad about the thing that you're actually eating or not eating. Um, so that's the kind of act, right? That actually doing it. And then there's the thoughts that we have about it. So what I've found that a lot of times when people are feeling guilty with food, even if you're not still restricting or still overeating, or maybe you're still trying to find that balance, um, is because you still have a lot of those kind of rules about food. So, so you may be, oh, you know, I go out with my friends and I'm having a good time and I feel okay about it. You know, I used to never be able to do this, but you may still have kind of that rule that, oh, I shouldn't be eating, you know, within an hour of bedtime. And then that's kind of making you feel guilty, even though you're actually doing it. Um, so, you know, a couple things there is that, you know, it takes time to change our thoughts. So a lot of times some people will start to think about things differently, but may still engage in their old patterns. Some people start to do things differently, but still think in the same patterns. So I think I see that a lot too, where you're, you know, kind of, you, you want to change your mind, but that old thought is still kind of coming up and chattering in your ear. And so sometimes it's even just recognizing that that's part of the process. Um, for example, it takes about three to nine months to really change a thought in your brain. Um, and that's from the research on cognitive behavioral therapy. If you guys have ever heard of that, it's kind of, um, a lot of therapists work within that framework. And so, you know, thinking about, okay, one neural pathway is going to take three to nine months to really lay down and take hold and then extrapolate that to something that you've been dealing with for years and years and years. It can take a while to really change those thoughts. And so what I tell a lot of my clients is to kind of, neutralize those thoughts a little bit. So if you're having them and you notice that you are number one, that's progress. Cause before you're probably just feeling guilty and you didn't know why. So if you're kind of tuning in and going, Oh, I feel bad because I'm not following that thing that I used to, or I didn't go to the gym today and I'm eating. Um, so that's, you know, one thing that even just kind of knowing that it's okay that these thoughts are still visiting me. Um, but it doesn't mean that I'm doing anything wrong or I have to actually listen to them. Um, and kind of take an inventory of those if they're coming up. Yeah, 
No, I think that everything you just said was so spot on. And as someone who I feel like I'm at that, like one, like one year mark of like a hundred percent, I feel free from, from food. And it's so true. Cause like, I feel like at that kind of three month mark, it was like really starting to settle in. Now it's like, and I, and I always thought before I was like all good in the hood, but like, I was still just like in self-denial. Um, so I think once, like you just said, once you really kind of dig into those thoughts and like realize what you're doing, um, and just kind of like acknowledging them, even if you can't necessarily change them right away, it's just kind of letting them, like, I like how you said, like have let them visit you, but they don't have to stay, you know? Exactly. Like, and hopefully, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, it's like sometimes they're a mean friend, but yeah, it, and sometimes it's helpful also. Um, like, if you have been further down that spectrum into like an eating disorder, um, and all are difficult, right? Like, it doesn't matter if you receive treatment from an eating disorder or if you just know that you've really been messed up with food for a while. Both are equally painful. Um, but but when you have you know um, basically been malnourished whether that's physically or on a cellular level. Um, it doesn't, when I say malnourished, I'm not talking about the size and shape of your body. I'm talking about like your body not getting enough food over an extended period of time. That's going to take even longer, like a year and a half, your parietal lobe actually has to heal as well. Um, so that's just kind of an additional, you know, if, if somebody has been struggling for a little bit longer, um, that's also something to think about. Um, and then the other thing is too, is the, the kind of the intensity or time that you may have with those, those thoughts and the, therefore guilt can go down too. So for some people it may be, oh, you know, I can go on vacation and, you know, feel okay about that. But if your vacations maybe two weeks long, you start to feel a little uneasy. Whereas before, maybe you would have said no to that vacation. Um, you know what I'm saying? So it, it can kind of like some th things can be cumulative and kind of add on. So if you notice like, oh, I'm still feeling guilty about this, um, that may be part of it as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, switching gears a little bit, this is something that has come up a lot within these girls specifically mm -hmm. um, and within myself and just how I think we're all kind of shifting on social media, the world, hopefully. Sure. We really are kind of moving towards like health as a whole and your whole health, not just your physical and your nutritional health. Mm -hmm. So a lot of these women are wanting to be healthy. Like that's kind of the issue. That's kind of the, the inner conflict. It's like, I don't want to be disordered. I don't want to restrict, but I want to be healthy. So yeah. where's that line? Like, how do you create a healthy, like, how do you, it's basically like, how do you eat healthy food without giving yourself an, a disorder or being too obsessive, especially if you have yeah. that past with, an eating disorder, but you really do just want to like treat your body well and give it good foods. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. It can be such a tricky, I think of that as kind of like a foot on the gas and then a foot on the brake, a foot on the gas, a foot on the brake. So, so if you're kind of seeking that path, know that it's not going to be pretty, it's going to be a lot of starts and a lot of stops and, and because you're getting in touch with yourself. So, um, let me give you an example of that. Um, I have a client right now and recently she, um, she is getting back into exercise after taking a break because she used to be really obsessive about it. And, um, and so she, you know, it's been kind of craving, um, that and wanting to bring it back in. It's been really testy for her. 
So, so she noticed that, um, you know, we kind of had to put some limits on that. Like, okay, you know, Hey, kind of given to my own devices, I noticed I was being really obsessive about, you know, going to the gym like I was before and said, okay, you know, you used to run, you know, too long and too far. So let's try and like do some yoga for a little bit or take a fitness class. as a defined period of time or go to the gym before you're meeting up with a friend or something finite where you're not going to be, you know, kind of keeping, um, yourself safe. So in that regard, you know, that's just one example of like how it can be start and stop when you're kind of revisiting things that maybe weren't healthy for you before. So kind of same, same idea, um, you know, with actual food as well. And kind of, so here's how I think of it. Um, when it comes to food freedom and intuitive eating and learning to have a healthy relationship with food, which is also like obviously part of holistic health, right? That has to be the number one. So when I'm working with people, sometimes there will be this period of time where they're like, oh my gosh, I haven't had a Pop-Tart since I was six years old and I have given myself permission to eat these foods again. So it's really exciting for a little while and you're kind of habituating to those foods. So I say this with a word of caution. I don't want to say, oh, you're going to get tired of that food and, um, you know, it won't be as exciting because that's kind of suggesting that the rug is going to be pulled out from under you. I want you to get that food out of your system and never want it. But it also offers hope and part of the process because when you know you can truly, truly have that food and you allow yourself to expose yourself to it, then once you heal that deprivation a little bit, oh my gosh, I could never have this food before. I was never okay with it. That process works itself out where then you're opening the pantry and going, do I want a banana or cereal? And you truly see them as the same. And that's when you're making that choice from a freedom place. And so most of us find that like, you know, if I were to give myself permission to eat an ice cream sundae every single night for dinner, and I'm like loving it, I'm living it up, I'm like, can't believe I'm getting away with this, I never let myself do this before, probably by like night seven, maybe sooner, I would actually be craving like some eggs or some chicken or some rice, like I'd be wanting something different our bodies are going to crave some variety too. So it's just kind of this idea that like our bodies do lead us to what they actually want. It's just, if you're kind of opening the pantry and going cereal or banana, but I really hope I want the banana or Ooh, I really hope I never want an ice cream sundae again, then that's where kind of that gas pedal and the brake kind of comes in. It's, it's really getting that neutrality first, relationship first, then health will sort it out. I know that's like really hard to kind of conceptualize sometimes when you're in it. It sounds easy. Like, oh yeah, I just eat all the things, right? And then eventually it sorts itself out. But like, just if you are going too soon in it, you'll notice the restrictive thoughts of, oh, I should, you know, I, I really wanted the turkey burger and I ordered that, but I really wish I had wanted the salad. Restrictive thought, food guilt right there. Mm -hmm. So then you kind of have to go back. It's okay. It's all right that I wanted the turkey burger. I haven't had those, you know, in a long time. I'm trying to create some variety in my diet. I'm trying to open up for my permission to eat. So yeah, kind of, kind of flipping back. It's hard. It, it's, it's so really hard. hard. Like even hearing you say it, cause it's like whenever I, I think most of the girls here know this about me just cause I've talked about it everywhere and probably to you. Mm -hmm. But, um, my thing was like granola. I was obsessed with granola when yeah. I was like, dieting and whatever. And like, it's one of those things that 
I never let myself buy, but when I was around it, I would just like overeat it, overeat it. Now yeah. it's like, I'm like so sick of granola. Like I genuinely am so sick of it. Like it doesn't even sound good anymore. And it's sure. the coolest experience ever because I mean, occasionally it does sound good and it's really great, but I never have that, that like luxurious, like craving feeling because it's, it's because I allow myself to have it and I know I truly can have it whenever I want. So it's not like, I don't know. It's really cool when you actually kind of like go through these steps and realize like that you're actually recovering and like creating a really beautiful relationship with food. It's just, especially when you thought you would never have that in your life, it's pretty cool. Will you explain quickly what, um, I, I might say this wrong. You yeah. said the deprivation, isn't there a, like a thing, like what it's like the deprivation theory or something? Sure, sure. Well, it, there's, so there's a couple different types of deprivation, first of all. Um, and I actually posted about this recently. Um, and it's really, you know, it may sound like a simple Venn diagram on Instagram, but you know, kind of like I'm trying to, to illustrate here, like when you're living it, um, it's really complex and, um, you know, you're, you're always kind of trying to figure it out. But basically, um, there's two types of deprivation, which is like when you're actually not eating the thing or you're um, telling yourself you're not. They're both equally painful. They both lead to obsession with food, over interest in food, and guilt about food. So, um, you know, and, and the thing that heals deprivation is satisfaction. Um, and so satisfaction is when you're having the thing, you're eating the thing, or you're eating what you want. Um, and I, again, I know when I say that people are like, well, what do you mean by that? What if I always want ice cream? And I'm just saying like, trust me, you won't. Um, because eventually your body will want, you know, the other thing. So it's, so basically, you know, to get back to kind of pull this to the thing that you asked me about before, you know, when it comes to seeking health and having a healthy relationship with food, when you've dealt with eating issues, there's kind of this little detour where you have to repair the relationship first, and then you're kind of full stream ahead with health. Um, and, it, and again, it all sorts itself out over time. Five years from now, it doesn't matter that, you know, you ate four oatmeal cookies for an afternoon snack every day for four months. What does that actually do? Absolutely nothing to your health long-term, but what it does to your relationship with food is incredibly healing. Mm -hmm. um, and so that over time is going to pay off um, where you're going to have less cortisol in your body. You're going to be thinking about food less. You're going to be less, you know, stressed all the time. And then that can positively impact your relationships as well. One of the biggest side effects of being obsessed with food is social isolation um, because you're either not present when you're at the event, you know, you're having a conversation with the food table or what's in front of you. What am I going to eat? What am I not going to eat? What did my friend just say? I don't know. Um, or you're, you know, declining these. Oh, I don't want to go on vacation because I don't like my body this year. Or, oh, I don't, you know, I don't want to go because they always get appetizers and I'm out of control around those. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so with the deprivation piece, it's really about recognizing that most of us who've lived in this society, um, who've been told that like, don't eat this, eat that, um, you know, by the time you get through all of those things that we're told with food, you're left with a list of like vegetables, whole grains, fruits, like avocado, like <laughs> that's like about it, you know? So those are the healthy things that are left. Um, you know, whether that's paleo, vegan, vegetarian, you know, keto, whatever, um, there's a very small list. So we pretty much feel guilty for eating anything outside of that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so most of us, like I said, we, because we're either not eating the thing, um, or I have somebody right now who I'm working with who was keto for six months. And so naturally, you know, we're bringing carbohydrates back into her diet and it's really exciting, but she also kind of forgets what to eat. She's like, what do I do with this stuff? Um, so we're, so we end up really like kind of deprived and disconnected from these foods. Um, so we have to kind of reacclimate to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. I love that. So I'm actually going to hit pause right there and stop myself in the past from asking any more questions. Um, And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I know it was kind of like a little like abrupt, but I really did just like, we, we had this conversation and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to share this with my podcast. It was such like a good chat. I honestly might even have Erica come on and do a full episode with you guys. But um, if you guys do have any questions about food, about anything like that, I would love to just like hear about it so that we can kind of compile a questions list to ask Erica on a future podcast. I think that'd be really helpful. Um, And again, if you guys want to check her out, it's Aligned Nutrition on Instagram. And again, be sure to be following me on Instagram at Gabby Mail. And before I let you guys go, I do have a little announcement. So my winter group coaching is now open for enrollment. So if you want to be a part of these Zoom calls and you want to be on the other end and be coached one-on-one by me and then also have guest coaches come in and teach you and stuff, I'd love to have you. It's a 12-week program. You get a full course. You get a workbook. You get weekly check-ins with me on the phone and um, we really just become best friends um, honestly for 12 weeks and um, help you through all those things. I don't work with women with eating disorders. So if that's you, I think Erica would be a better coach for you or like a therapist, I guess for you, dietitian for you. Um, But with me, since I'm not a dietitian and I'm not a therapist, I'm a health coach. If you're someone who is just struggling to love your body, feel comfortable in your skin, Um, balancing all of the things in life that we deal with, health, work, family, friends, social life, school, fitness, all of those things. If you just need help kind of figuring it all out and need support through that process, that is exactly what my coaching is for. So I would love to work with you. I already have five spots filled and there is only five left. I keep the group super duper small. I keep it really, really intimate and just like personal because I really want to work just truly one-on-one with with you and um, with the small group that we are put into. So again, if you do want to apply for my group coaching, um, spots are going to fill super duper quickly. Again, there's only five left. Um, I'm going to put a link in the show notes for you to apply to my winter group coaching. We begin on December 1st and I would love to set up a call with you and chat more about how I can help you evolve your health to evolve your life. Thank you guys so much for listening and I will chat with you in the next episode.